0: all righty um so harry vulgar Dave do you have um anything you'd like to share before we start answering questions not really okay Alrighty. all righty um so eric do you want to ask your question
1: um, sure okay <coughs> Uh Haribo Dandavats Maharaj. Um so my question uh for this week kind of has to do with I guess um etiquette in regards to well relating to initiation uh and uh receiving the holy name from the spiritual master. Uh because I've heard different things from different Sanghas, uh like I have friends who are in Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Mat who that I think that's descended from Shri Sridhar Maharaj, who's your shiksha guru. And they seem to have kind of a different attitude about uh, what is it like initiation and doing Japa prior to taking initiation than within Iskon. Like I remember one time I went there and they said that it was improper to be chanting on a Tulsi Mala prior to receiving a Tulsi Mala from spiritual master and that it was sort of not the improper Vaishnav etiquette or something like that. Whereas it seems to be kind of the opposite when like at the Berkeley Iskon temple that I go to, they, you know, readily sell Japa Malas and bead bags and all of, you know, those sorts of things uh, to people who are not initiated, like myself and others. And uh, um, I guess it was just a little confusing hearing very different opinions on from different sanghas. And uh, I guess it sort of was a little strange because, since in the Sri Chaitanya Saraswatma, they were telling me, oh, there's no chanting on. Japa beads until getting it from the spiritual master and then you know you commit to a certain number but it was sort of strange because from my experience it takes kind of a bit of time to work up to you know chanting a certain like even getting to four rounds for my myself for a while it, it, it took some time you know what to speak of getting to 16 rounds and i guess i was just wondering since you had association with through Sridhar Maharaj, and I don't know if he's that view is original. I understand the question. Yes. Um, so I think
2: that, um, I think I understand the question, uh, or, the, or the, the topic. And um, first of all, uh, it's uh, often the case that details uh, are conflicted with principles, and that- a problem, it it can lend towards a type of fanaticism and even uh, Vaishnava Aparada, offense to Vaishnavas. That is to say, for example, if in my particular, one's particular um, group, sect of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, some aspect of the culture, uh, in this case, um, Regarding your question, the um, um, prerequisites, let's say, or uh, detail, prerequisites to receiving initiation from the guru. Um, Excuse me. One, uh, each guru is going to operate such that um, they feel the principle will best be delivered and they may adjust details um, differently from one another in different circumstances to achieve that um, goal of delivering the principle, keeping the principle in in place intact. Um, But unfortunately, uh, often different sects tend to be rather uh, insular and um, this often arises largely out of, of the idea that the guru is, is absolute, which is true to some extent, but as we've discussed, and I think in reply to some of your questions, there's some relativity there as well. So that's often missed, um, especially by beginning devotees. And so the, uh, they take the guru, as absolute in all respects, and they take the details um, uh, that he or she may put in place to deliver the principle as absolute. And then when they see that uh, details with regard to the same issue are different somewhere else, they can't compute that, so to speak, and they think that, uh, that there is a, a deviation uh, from the principle and then they end up making offenses towards that uh, institution, that's that that guru, those those students, and so forth. So that's unfortunate. This is just one example of how it's it's problematic, and troublesome when details are conflated with uh, with principles. Uh, again, that lends to can lend to a kind of fanaticism, and that can turn to even Vaishnava Parad, which which is very harmful for one's practice. So. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, that's that said, yes, uh, there are different details. The principle is, of course, that um, that the holy name of Krishna is well. There's a couple of things. It's is non-different from Krishna. Um, it's clearly stated in the sacred text that the name is independent of diksha of initiation, which means to say. Um, that Krishna can do whatever he wants. So he's not dependent upon uh, being received in a particular way. He can give himself to whomever he wants. Um, That said, um, he chooses to give himself to others through the agency of his devotees. Indeed, his devotees are are the manifestation of his own kripa-shakti, his own... um, Grace, His own mercy. Krishna, in 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 a, in his, uh, uh, relative to this, is 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 not uh, biased. Um, he's impartial, and uh, at the same time, through His devotees, He uh, His compassionate nature uh, is expressed, and um, so um he chooses, therefore, to reveal himself in the form of his name through the when when the name is received through the agency of his devotees. that's his choice this is mentioned in bhakti sandharva so if we disregard that or we don't understand that and we think that we don't need a guru or guru's blessings to chant the holy name because after all the name is non-different from Krishna and it's said in the scripture that the name is independent of Diksha then unfortunately we being unaware of the fact that um, for example that there are ten offenses to the name as well one of them is to disregard the guru, and 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 I'll be committing that offense by disregarding the guru and thinking I'll just take the holy name. Um, so uh, this is the kind of thing we're going to learn from a guru. Uh, for example, we're going to learn the ten offenses. At the time, Bhakti he was very concerned about siksha, and he wrote many books um, to uh, serve that end of of. Uh, supplying section in, in the community of many, many nominal Vaishnavas who received uh, initiation or were born into uh, Vaishnavism but, but really weren't educated um, in the teaching. They didn't get the sambandha on, so they didn't know the difference between yes, I'm a Vaishnava, by chant Krishna and over here they chant Kali, same thing, you know. And it actually, there's, there's a difference an important difference and so forth. Uh, so from the Guru, uh, for example, we learned uh, the 10 Offenses. This is one of them, to disregard the Guru. So even though the name is independent of Diksha, if we disregard the Guru, and think we can skip over that step. Well, then we end up committing Nama So this is the principle, the name of Krishna, Krishna in the form, the form of his name, chooses to reveal himself to others through the agency of the Guru, and so therefore we should receive the blessing of the Guru to chant the holy name. And that that's the principle. So then in different sects, in order to emphasize that point, among other points, then different details will be put in place uh, as determined by the particular acharya or guru of that, that sect in order to bring that about. So for example, in Sri Chaitanya Sangha. There, he uh, Bhattachita Maharaj sought to clearly make this point that, that you cannot chant the holy name in Japa without receiving from the Guru. So they would not give the Japa Mala until the time of initiation. And they would stress the point that there's the market Mala and there's the Guru Mala. Sure, you can go to the market, you can buy a Mala and so forth. Everything's great, but if you didn't receive it from the guru properly, then uh, um, it won't be effective. You will be subject to this aparad of, of uh, disregarding the guru, guru avakya, and so forth. So there's an example of how by putting in place a particular detail mm, that we will only give the mala to those who are, have taken initiation at that time, they will receive the mala. That's how Guru Shidamara sought to, in his particular mission, emphasize that point, if you will. Now, that said, he allowed, obviously, other persons to come perform kirtan, they participate in kirtan. Uh, I don't think that he would uh, encourage them or he even might instruct them not to read the Bhagavatam either, but rather to hear it in the temple from the Bhagavad discourses um, Uh, given by um, qualified devotees. So he's uh, emphasizing a particular point hmm, by those details. But others will, um, uh, as I say, put in place other details relative to their situation and um, with a view to emphasize the same uh, principle, if you will. So let's take uh, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, founded by um, Srila Prabhupada and the different circumstance, of course, that he found himself in all over the world, all different countries in the West and uh, North America, South America, I think he went everywhere, but Asia, but, but the Far East, I should say, um, practically with his campaign. And um, so he, it was very, but it was he. he would uh, um, uh, encourage new devotees to chant on the Japa Mala, um, and on that under the direction of the temple leaders that they were affiliated with, by, who's, through whose association they developed faith in him and in Krishna and so forth. And then for some time, they would chant and follow certain uh, principles, and then they would be recommended by the leader of the temple for initiation. And this was for a mission that was all over the world that um, included some, some places that he didn't, didn't go, although he went everywhere. He went to different continents and everything. He didn't go to every city, and some cities he didn't go to. Temples opened and they, they, they flourished and so forth. But each and every temple was, it was very clear that they needed to have a guru and that the guru was Prabhupada. There was just no, you know, no question about that. That was never, uh, it wasn't thought, well, I don't really need the I've got the name, I've got the, the, the mala now. So uh, the, the, the he, he, whereas he did the opposite of Pujabhachinamaj, by encouraging them to chant and, and, as you say, to, you know, build up to a certain number of rounds and so forth. He, he initially asked his disciples to chant 64 rounds and they couldn't do it. Then he asked them to chant 32 rounds. They couldn't do that. Then he asked them to chant 16. And they seemed to be able to do that. And so he, he stuck with that and gave that as a, as a standard for all of his disciples. Kind of a one size fits all. And that was his um, kind of line, his Lakshman Lekha, or his, uh, his line in the sand, uh, if you will. You have to come to, to this point, and um, then you can receive initiation. So again, it was very clear in ISKCON to everybody that you needed to have initiation from, uh, from Prabhupada. Um, and and uh, even even though the details there are, you know, in one sense the opposite of what Pujapot Shit Ramash was doing. So again, there are principles and and, and there, are, there are details. And it's good it's good if we have the opportunity to be a little less Insular and understand this this point this principle I should say so that we don't succumb to the kind of uh, Fanaticism and potentially vajnavaparad that I spoke about earlier. Does that help?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely that yeah that that explained a lot. So um, thank you.
2: Right. Okay.
3: Another question.
0: Jiva Goswami?
3: Hello. Reverences, uh, reverences, um, sorry, sometimes I speak in Spanish with the, 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 the <laughs> being with devotees makes me, <laughs> makes me think of, yeah, associated with Spanish.
2: Um, so my question today is, are you in Chile?
3: Yeah, I'm in Chile. I'm in Chile. Mm-hmm. Um, my question today is, since the fall of my Diksha Guru, um, I have a. Every time that I hear about or read about Guru Bhakti, it stings a little bit, and so I just I want to
2: know from from your perspective how to uh, think about what has happened, how to heal from what uh, I've experienced, what devotees here have experienced. I mean, in the Vrinda mission. Well, uh, it's an unfortunate. Uh situation, um, I think that it's uh, useful to understand what actually happened and uh, why that happened and why that is not, um, as disconcerting as it is, it's not a new uh, phenomenon, it's um, something that uh, has occurred over over the centuries. And so it is a distinct possibility, although it's uh, not one that we typically entertain upon entering into the uh, tradition and so forth, but, but it is, and it, it may happen uh, to, to us. And so there's, I think that, that, that uh, how could this happen is kind of like one of the questions. Well, there, there, is, there are answers to that. And I think that um, overall, one has to think about what they were initiated into, what they were seeking, what was their, uh, what was the ideal that they embraced, what is the philosophy, um, and so forth, none of which has changed. The agent through whom I learned much about that at a certain point proved to be um, incapable of continuing to uh, uh, deliver the flow of in in a dynamic and ongoing way that um, that current but it doesn't change the current what it is did I did I join you know based on the charisma of a person or you know to some extent yes but what was he or she saying and representing is is really the bigger issue. And, and that's what the guru is, just, you know, a peon, <laughs> really, a uh, garbage collector, um, coming to pick up uh, the, the the garbage from us that, that we may be sent on to Krishna. So um, uh, I think that's uh, important. And, and, and early on in the Gaudiya tradition, this um possibility was was dealt with. Um or, and this is if you think instruction uh, literally to find these two terms, they're rather godia uh Diksha, of course, is a broader term, but siksha guru is, is, is a, is, seems to be very much a Gaudiya term. You're not going to find it in the Puranas or uh, the Bhagavad Gita, just guru, period. Um, but the, the Gaudiya has invoked this, this principle of a siksha guru, and largely because of um, the possibility of deficiencies within the diksha guru that may appear in time. Uh, there may be deficiencies in character, which would be less common, but it may happen, and there may be extenuating circumstances that, that, that lend to that. Um, um, other than that, there may be um, discrepancies, or not discrepancies, but a, a, a limit to the knowledge of the guru, hmm? and as such, he or she cannot fully resolve the doubts and answer the questions and so forth. Um, And so what was put in place was this idea of a Siksha guru, an instructing guru who would then uh, fill in and in such instances really most likely become the more prominent guru in the disciple's um, life. And this was done, I believe, in an attempt to preserve the regard for the Guru, which is an important thing. Mm-hmm. And so then the Diksha Guru would be regarded at some distance, not discarded and so forth. Uh, um, um, that's said, of course, then it's also um, uh, mentioned, for example, Hari Bhakti Vilas, uh, Bhakti Sandarbha as well. Uh, uh, that there, there may be certain contact, conduct uh, on the part of the guru that warrants the initiating guru rejecting him or her altogether. Um, you know, in the case of Paramahansa Yogi, the founder of the Rishikesh Mission, who I've known, you know, since many, 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 many years, um, he unfortunately succumbed to uh, uh, considerable. Uh, uh, lapses in immoral character, and um, and then in response to that, his response to that was worse than 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 the problem in the first place. Um, his response to that turned in the direction of, 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 of Vaishnava parad by not being able to own up to it sufficiently and. Uh, and um, and then um, yeah, the most dismissing and even vilifying in some instances persons who were giving them sound and good um, advice that um, you know was, was more difficult to embrace so you had a real real problem there unfortunately uh, it's, it's sad but um, you know, you, you have to like, and this is what yoga and spiritualism is about, largely, anyway. Separate yourself from your emotions, material emotions, and with spiritual reasoning proceed. So what is the teaching, what's the philosophy, what's been done in the past? How has the tradition dealt with this? Uh, if this happens, you know, happened to, to occur to me, well, it's 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 not a new thing. So how has it been resolved in the past? And then we uh, again we, we, we have to reflect on what is it I joined for? Was it, 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 do I, I? It's not suddenly that the, this guru has proven incapable of of guiding me in ways that he did in the past, which were effective. Um, doesn't mean I suddenly became now I'm the body now not, now the now the mind is the brain and uh, and there's no God and so forth. You know th- those things don't change, right? So. It's an important piece, obviously, of the equation, but um, it is uh, uh, replaceable, uh, I would say. Not something you can do away with, but again, we can uh, take uh, further guidance from the qualified instructing guru, and we may need to reject the, the, the initiating guru altogether, in which case we, might take it, we would take initiation from um, the Siksha guru. Um, who would then become our addiction guru as well. So I, yeah, I think that overall you have to have good company to go through to, to successfully uh, um, uh, ride out the storm of that, if you will. And that good company is going to repeatedly um, uh, give support by way of reflecting on the teaching, the philosophy, what, you know, that hasn't hasn't changed. So I think that's, uh, that's how you have to proceed. Does that help? Yes, thank you. Thanks for responding.
0: So in in the chat, there were two follow-up questions. So um, are you okay to answer
3: those? Pardon me?
0: There were two follow-up questions that uh, devotees ask, and ask in the chat um, Are okay, you okay I'm to right. answer? Okay, wait yeah. let me um, So the first one is um, Hamsaduta just passed away How do we venerate his contribution to Krishna consciousness in the context of some of his other history?
2: well i i i think that uh, I, I didn't know that sorry hear that um i knew him um and um yeah he made some um, he was a, a contributing uh, person in the early days of the international society for krishna consciousness and uh, i i think that um um it's not that hard to separate out um, his contributions and the positive and honor those and to dismiss those things that he did, which were um, some of which were, were, were counterproductive. Um, uh, we do that probably with all kinds of people in everyday life whom we have to interact with even our own kids we honor them we kind of like okay you know some of the things they do are you know are not something are problematic but there's nothing i can do about it i care about them and then there's the good things about them so i mean uh he wasn't perfect um he was uh, Charismatic person, and he and he made some significant contributions early on in the in, in ISCON. Um, so um, they're good, um, and uh, you know he's a work in progress. So we ex- we expect he'll be um, taking birth again and pursuing the same. Uh, ideals uh, so um, just like any devotee or any person as I say they have their upside they have the downside um, it's easy to distinguish between the two and distance oneself from the bad example hmm, or learn from it um, and in terms of what, what, what not to do I mean that's another way to, to look at it So we honor him for the good things that he did, and we honor him for the bad things that he did, by which he taught us um, through his example, what what not to do. (laughs) Um, So I think that anyone, any devotee can be honored if you create enough uh, distance. Um, If you get, but you can't get too close to every devotee because they all don't have the best character and the best example. So he is an an example of that. We honor him from a bit of a distance. Now he's passed away from the world. So um, we should try to remember the good things that he did if we we knew him. And and, uh, and especially if we were touched by those things, certainly then we'll have some affinity uh, uh, for him. And that would be good for him. What else?
0: So the other question is, is it better to seek another guru, or is it also fine to continue one 's practice and devotional path following one one or more six Shiksha gurus?
2: you know that 's up to the, the uh, individual. Uh, there are different uh, courses one could take in the case of the guru we're going to have some failings and uh, one needing to distance oneself from the guru. I think there are three three courses one could take, one would be. Uh, to honor the guru and hopes that he or she would return to normalcy uh, in due course, which of course they will, hopefully in this lifetime, but if not another lifetime. But someone might feel might have been very close personally to that guru and feel that way, and um, and feel uh, that the that the um, the good that they receive from them outweighs the bad although the bad is bad and i can't associate with it now and i have to you know create some distance and so forth um but still um um one such, person, such disciple may be of a disposition to honor the group even pray to christian for him to be restored to his position uh, but, but this is all with a clear understanding of what happened and the fact that you know one can't take um, uh, um image of humans in this present c- condition and so have good uh good association uh with, with a sikhsha guru or more than one sikhsha guru so that's one course to take the other course is 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 to is to appreciate the, the good that came of it but uh distance oneself take shelter of sikhsha guru and that that sikhsha guru will be more prominent um becomes more prominent in one's life um, the other course to take would be uh, that you distance yourself from the guru and you take um, uh, shelter of a siksha guru and take initiation from the from the um, sikh guru as well. That's uh, the third course. I guess a fourth one is, is is implied or is maybe stated in the in, in the question. One could um, uh, take guidance from any number of qualified. Uh, devotees, and um, in that sense, have them as six gurus in one's life. Uh, I, I suppose that's another possibility, but I, I don't think that one size um, fits all, so to speak.
3: And people on the chronicle.
2: So, uh, to the individual uh, to decide, I, I think that... Um, that to accept any number of sikshu gurus and not accept any one in particular and so forth, that may be a more difficult course to navigate. Um, navigate it's, It may be more, especially for a less advanced devotee, to be able to sort out what's a principle, what's a detail and the differences, and so on and so forth that, that may come up. Um, um, and to extract the... the the essence of the pertinent uh, siksha in each case, that might be a little difficult. But, you know, I think that, that if, if one's doing that, and one feels comfortable with that, uh, that, that, that that's reasonable. It, it would likely, I would think, turn into a situation where a particular siksha guru became prominent and, and really con- connected with your own uh, faith and cause it to grow and so forth, such so that he or she would become prominent uh, uh, guru, fi- the, the prominent guru figure in, in your life. So different ways to think about it. hope that helps.
0: All righty. Um, Sumati, do you want to ask your question?
4: Um, guru Maharaj, I was reading in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Um, Lord Chaitanya's South Indian tour, and when he comes to um, Udupi, the center uh, Udipi. of. Um, pardon me?
2: Udupi Krishna, PJI.
4: <sighs> yeah. So the deity there was um, actually found by Madhvacharya, and it's a deity of Krishna holding a lump of food in one hand and a stick, a cowherding stick, in the other hand at the same time, from what I understood from how Prabhupada presented it, that the followers of Madhvacharya, they are they're more into um, Aishvarya, like their goal is to reach the Vaikuntha planets and by performing Vaidi Bhakti. So how can they be worshipping a deity of obviously Vraja Krishna and not want to go to be with him. Why
2: would they want to go to Vaikuntha? Right. I think that that, uh, that deity is considered to be a deity that, that was worshipped by Rukmini of Krishna, um, interestingly, um, which is odd, odd a little bit if he's configured in, in that particular way <laughs> the coward stick and so forth. <laughs> Not the queen I mean, uh Mathura and Dwarka, the principal queen, Rukmini, was unaware of his coward pastimes and unattracted to them. She was, but she was in a a Vaidimar kind of uh, relationship with him, maybe mixed with some raga. But at any rate, um, in answer to your question, there are uh, different uh, perspectives on Krishna. The Gaudiya perspective, of course, is that Krishna is the fountainhead. Of all avatars and all um, manifestations of divinity. And they arrived, our Godia founding uh, charges, um, at this conclusion through uh, an interesting approach to the sacred uh, texts, which is uh, an, an, an approach from an aesthetic uh, perspective. So, given Krishna's capacity to uh, accept um, the entire gamut of aesthetic um, uh, loving feelings, hmm? um, as opposed to, for example, Narayan, the godhead of, of Vaikuntha, the uh, conclude that that there's more possibilities for love in him, therefore he's the more full expression of the God. I mean, you know well, you're a Gaudiya Vaishnavi, so uh, they, they, they really, uh, our have really emphasized this point, and it's our particular perspective, but it's not the perspective of everyone in Vaikuntha. In Vaikuntha, in the service of Narayan, they know that he has different avatars. They don't think of him as an avatar of anyone. They think of him as the fountainhead of all avatars. After all, he is the Lord of Vaikuntha. Now, Krishna is in what's called Mahabhaikuntha. This is some secret, you know, um, area that's uh, that's undisclosed to people in a, in a different pava. They, they can't know about him in that way. And it, because it will disrupt their bhava. Their bhava is that Narayan is God. He's everything. He's the source of all avatars. And Krishna is one of his avatars. Uh-huh. Krishna is one of his avatars. Srinya is one of his avatars and so forth. Um, that's how they they they, they 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 look at that. And the fact that, you know, Madhva found this particular deity. Um, so they worship the deity, so they worship Udi, Ubi Krishna in reverence as the form of which which Narayan appeared to their their Acharya um, and so forth. So if you try to tell them, actually, that Krishna is the source of Narayan, so it doesn't really uh, work for them. And it's not, you know, they're, they're, there's um, their perspective isn't wrong. From our point of view, it's not the whole picture, but... It it, it it is a way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, in the second chapter of his Chaitanya Charitamrita, in Adi first section, he is a long argument, logical, invoking scriptural logic and scripture um, it's itself to make this point that Krishna is the source of Narayana. At the end of the argument, he says, but some people, um, see him, well, his argument is that Krishna is the source of Narayana, and that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is that same Krishna. In the end, he says, but some people see him as as as, as uh, an avatar of Mahava no, yeah, no problem. That, that's their perspective. That's true, too. That's another way of looking at it. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this it, it, corresponding, uh, you know, rises out of a particular bhava and so forth. It's not, he says, it's not very flattering, but, you know, from our point of view, we say it's more about him, but those are real devotees and they have that perspective. So people may worship Krishna with different perspectives, like Krishna, people may chant the holy name, the Hare Krishna Mahamaj with different perspectives on the names and so forth. possible. Krishna is like a valuable jewel, so you know, it depends what angle you're looking at it, about what you'll see. People make the argument sometimes that well, all the religions can't be true, right? They all say different things about God. Well, maybe God is multifaceted. <laughs> it doesn't seem to ever, you know, come up in the arguments that I've, I've, I've seen for some reason. Just, it seems very simplistic and common sense to us. We're, you know, part of a tradition that that's, uh, you know, given from the fact from, 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 from that Krishna's described it. God's described in the Bhagavatam in terms of as many faces as Asantra. So responds in different ways, different devotees. Okay, what else? Assuming that helps, yeah.
4: Yes, thank you very much.
0: Okay. Um Subal, do you want to ask your question? Also here. He, Can you hear me? Yeah.
3: All right. So, from the Gora Astakali Alila series that we just went through, I have a question. Can you hear me? Yes. Go ahead. Okay. It's described in the first section of the day when it's talking about Mahaprabhu's house. It said that he has 30 rooms, and then it goes through where all the different folks live in the house. In the house, it mentions that Jagannath Mishra lives there, and Vishnupriya lives there, and Lakshmi Priya lives there. And so I was just curious, in Nityanamadvipa, are all those characters present? Uh,
2: Well, actually, um, the descriptions in, uh, is that from the Guttika of, Krishna, of, of, of uh, Siddha Krishnanas that you're referring to? Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it is. So that is a particular um, uh, meditation, meditative uh, experience and vision of Siddha Krishnas, um and uh, other uh, devotees uh, prior to him, have also penned some, I think, less extensive visions of the eightfold divisions the of, the, of, the, of the day in the life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Vishwana Chakravarti Thakur, for example, uh, Gopal Guru Goswami, Jan Chandra Goswami, um, are a few of the earlier members of the sampradaya who have made such contributions, but all of these are descriptions of the aprakat lila. Your question is, is that how it appears in the nitya lila? Nitya lila is another term for aprakat lila. So these are all uh, thought to be meditations on the lila as it Appears in the its in what we call the it's, apra, its unmanifest condition rather than how it appears on earth as it's described for example in Chaitanya Charitamrita or in Chaitanya Bhagavat or the, uh, the poetry of Murari Gupta and so forth. So there are there are those descriptions. Those are descriptions of the prakatleva and then you know, the, the aprakta. Therefore, for example, in the in the in the of Krishna You're not hearing anything about about his taking sannyas, about the Jagannath Puri leelas, his auntie leela, his travels, his preaching, and so forth, because the Nitya leela or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Aprakat leela, is is that particular frame of the drama, a scene of the drama that um, starts with you, you know him manifesting as a Vaishnava and, and before he goes to Mathura, mm-hmm. Just like in the descriptions of Govinda Lila Amrita, Krishna Bhavanamrita, which are the poetic descriptions of Krishna's Nitya Lila, then it's only dealing with Krishna as a Kishore, as an ad, 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 adolescence, mm-hmm. and uh, before he goes to Mathura, mm-hmm. as he does in the praka, in the manifest. Movements. To deal with Kamsa and so forth, so the same kind of window, if you will, is being emphasized. So all those descriptions are of the Nitya Lila. Did I misunderstand your question, or does that answer it?
3: That answers my question, and I and I understand exactly what you, what you said. My question is, if in the meditations on the Nitya Namadweep if it's accurate to to see that both Vishnu Priya and Lakshmi Priya would, would be there, and Jagannath Mishra, and... Um, yes, of course. Yes, of course. They,
2: they, they, obviously, they couldn't be in the Prakatli. Right. One? So it's, it's only a description of the Nisra. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are, there are going to be differences in, in super subjective visionary accounts, uh, uh, meditative accounts, um, but uh, you know, basically they're they're, they're the saying, But yes, they, they'll, they'll all be there.
3: Okay, excellent, thank you.
0: So I don't think we have any more questions left, um, unless someone else has a question. We're almost out of time.
2: Yeah, we have a few minutes, but fewer questions.
0: Yeah. Um, Gordon Orion Ryan just said that he could ask one.
2: Well, yeah, he should. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you want to unmute yourself, Gordon or Ryan?
3: Hey, hi Christian, Dana, Dave? Morning. How are you? Doing all right. How are you?
2: <laughs> are you um, in? Are you in Denver?
1: Yes, I am. I'm trying to dig out my question here. Okay. Um, okay. Let's see, I, I just read in the CC that um, it was saying that uh, cows are in Shantaras, and that didn't really make sense to me. I thought they would be in maybe um, Vatsalya or... You
2: read, in, you read that in Chaitanya Charitamrita?
1: It was in the uh, one of the purports, right. talking about how the trees and grass and everything, and the cows are in Shantaras and in Gogo. Google, Google. Yeah,
2: there are different uh, perspectives on that. Uh, Um, Mishwana Chakravitaakwar, for example, in his Bhagavatam commentary places the cows in Vatsalya Rasa. But a muted form of Vatsalya Rasa, which will only be fully um, expressed in a human-like form of Mishoda, Nanda, Rohini, and and so forth, and their followers. So... um, Excuse me. That's a particular uh, perspective. I think that uh, the comments that you're referring to come from Bhakti Siddhanta, Saraswati Thakur, and he tended to describe um, the non-human sector, if you will, trees, bees, birds, cows, and so forth, um, inanimate uh, features of the dom, as a, as a kind of a shantarasa. Um so he had a different uh, uh, perspective. That said, um, Shantarasa is is sometimes thought to be conspicuous by its absence in in Goloka. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said to have come to give four, you give the the four. Bhavas of Braj Dasya Sakya Vatsalya and Madhuriya. Um, Santarasa is, as described in Bhaktirasamrita Sindhu and Bhaktirasamrita Sindhu Bindu as well, not to uh, reach in excellence the degree of praying. So in Braj we have. Prem, Pranay, Snehaman, bhava, Bhavma, all these developments from Prem, but Shantarasa doesn't even reach up to Prem. So there are persons, for example, in Shantarasa, they they don't have Prem, but they have Shantarasa. Uh, Shantarasa is uh, weak by comparison in that it could be, through association, it could be changed, transformed into Dasirasa, or Sakirasa, whereas Dasirasa, Sakirasa, having been established, it's not going to be changed by any type of association. So it's, it's, it's minimized. Um, it's interesting that in the secular aesthetics, Shanta is not considered a rasa because it has, it's thought to have no object on which it focuses. And so for rasa, you need the object of love and you need the um, the, the love itself, right? So in a Nirvishesh idea of the Absolute, an undifferentiated, indeterminate feature of the Absolute, like Brahman, pure consciousness, there's no object to be uh, focused on, to repose to oneself in. Sometimes it's described as contentless consciousness, which doesn't make a lot of sense, but gets um, compared to like deep sleep, peaceful, um, uh, restful. Um, relief, kind of bliss from the busyness of the demands of the senses and the mind, the physical and psychic dimensions of our everyday reality. Um, And so the the secular aestheticians, if you will, uh, they did not acknowledge Shanta as a Rasa, but in Nubugasani's system of Bhakti Rasa then he acknowledges that shanta is a rasa because it does have the object of the parmatma um, in kind of a kind of a beatific vision, to use a Catholic term. It's, it, it lacks interest in the qualities and the pastimes of the Godhead in any of its forms, but is uh, preoccupied with a passive adoration of the, of the form of the Godhead. So because... In Shanta Bhakti Rasa, there's an object; therefore, then there, they can be a rasa. So he acknowledges it in that way as a rasa, differentiating his system in that sense from the secular um, system. But at the same time, um, it's played down comparatively to other rasas. As I'm mentioning, that said, Krishna is rasaraj and he is both the object of rasa for all the devotees, so he is rasa in that sense, but he's also rasika, a taster of rasa. So he also tastes rasa, in which case for him, devotees become the object, right? And so towards the very end of the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, well, in the beginning, the book begins with the, with the, with the statement that he is this, the uh, uh, rasaraj, Right, so he, he is Akhila Rasamrik Damurthy, the form of, um, the very form of rasa. And uh, the quote from the Bhagavatam, I think it must be cited by Rupa Goswami there as well, where Krishna is standing in the wrestle, wrestling arena of Kamsa and he's seen and experienced in different ways by different devotees and all the 12, five primary and seven secondary rasas are represented in their different experiences, so he's Rasa Raj. He experiences. He, he serves as the object for all the rasas. Mm-hmm. At the end of the Bhaktaraj, there's a verse describing him lifting over on hill and how he experienced all the rasas, and so objects of his his experience. Um, In the form of the devotees and so forth are mentioned and there shanta is is also mentioned so there's some experience of in of shantarasa of krishna in um in braj lifting over hill, he felt um i i I forget what this is his self-contemplation or something um uh, uh he experienced shanta so the possibility of some, uh, a, a Christian experience of Krishna experiencing Shantarasa in Vrindavan uh, exists. Um, now, Bhakti Siddhanta looked at it in, in a particular way. I decided Vishwanajakravita Dadaqa looked at it in a slightly different way. I lean more towards myself and my writing and, and practice and so forth words, the Vishwanachavati Thakur's perspective on that um, that places the non-human and even inanimate features of the Dham in one of the four Rasas just like for example uh, Goran Hill is placed in Sakirasa and, uh, cows in, in uh, Vatsalirasa and so on and so forth um, but again there's some scope for Shantaras, uh, Krishna experiencing Shantaras, so um, we'd have to question Bhakti Siddhanta or further about that. that opportunity has, doesn't arise uh, since his passing. Um, but um, yeah, there are some, some different, uh, and there, there may be other perspectives as, 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 as well uh, in how to think about the non-human and inanimate features of the Dham in relation to Rasa. I, I think that there's, there's some latitude uh, in terms of how to, how to think about those. I wouldn't you know, take one as absolute, the other one's wrong necessarily. Does that help? Yes, thank you, Gary. Okay, thanks for your question, and uh, that brings us to the end of our time,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for all of the answers. It's really nice.
2: Okay, good to talk with you. I hope to be with you next week, too. Yeah.
4: Next Bye. Next week, we're going to be doing the Joppa, um retreat, and you'll be giving the talk during this time on Chapa. I mean, not on, on humility, something on humility. On Sunday? Mm-hmm.
2: Sunday, next Okay.
4: Sunday. Okay. That's okay. a reminder for everybody that next weekend, May 2nd and 3rd, Yes, another JAPA retreat, Um, Dr. Ross sent out a newsletter and Nanda Kumar will be sending out a notice as well.
0: Very well, well.
4: thank you.